Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I believe uh, we're going to bring Jack Michaels now in at this time, uh, who is live with us here in uh, in lovely Penticton, BC. And you, uh, you got, you're slipping the suit on for later. Is that? Are you going back to the hotel? You, you came down just to do this hit first. Is that the deal? Absolutely, Bob. I mean, I'm a loyal listener and a loyal participant at times, and also wanted to catch uh, Jake Furtanen's comments. I yeah. was able to pull up on my resource. I don't know. You heard nothing, correct? I heard nothing. No, yeah. I, no, I could hear. I could hear everything of the clips. Oh well, we, I we have one, you sharing uh, your other earpiece for well, me. Well, that yeah, I've got too big of a head for that. <laughs> you know what? I I think uh, I think I'd say this, and and Jake Vertanen perhaps said it best: is he just wants to be a player, right? Uh, and that's going to be hard for some in Edmonton to deal with, and. You know what? I think this is a team deep enough where Jake is also correct in the sense that if he wants to be a player on this team, he's got a lot of work to do, and he's got a short time to do it. I think the Oilers are in a different spot in this day and age than they were perhaps four or five years ago where there were more spots open, not only in the regular everyday lineup, but even on the roster, period. And so, you know, not only Vertanen, but Jason Demers, who the Oilers looked at five or six years ago, you know, it was in tough to make this club. Uh, that was that was my comment. Like, you know, he was he was uh, found not guilty in the courts, so he's he's, he's getting an opportunity to get jump started again. But I think he's going to be really hard now. If he can make the team, uh, he has an opportunity to grow here as a player, and who knows where it ends up going. And we know it's going to come in at the league minimum if he does end up signing the deal. And I, I think back to Alex Chason. And you and me looked at each other after about four. We don't normally do this in preseason. We normally wait to game seven or eight. But by about the fourth or fifth game of that year, uh, back in, uh, uh, that would have been the 18-19 season, we both looked at each other and said, you know what, Chason's better than some of the right wings that are here. He's going to end up you know, playing and end up scoring 22 goals that season. In Vertanen's case, if we assume that Zach Hyman's going to play right wing, Hyman, Yamamoto, so 220 goal scorers the last year. Paul Yarby, a fan, some of the, a, a, a very polarizing player. Some of the fans really like him. Double-digit goal scorer. Right. And Derek Ryan, double-digit goal scorer. I think he got close. I think he got 9 or 10 last year. Uh, and a guy that Jay Woodcroft liked and also killed penalty. It's like those are all the right shots. He's going to be hard-pressed to beat one of those guys out, Jack. Well, and, 
you know, you look at Jake Vertanen's career in his six years. Now, his last full season, you could say, well, he scored 18 goals. But, you know, when when you went into the bubble, and perhaps the, the thing with Jake Vertanen is there's been questions, can he maintain due diligence over the course of long gaps in the schedule sure. or in the off season? And he had a solid regular season that was cut short by, of course, the pandemic. And then when they came out of the bubble, he scored only twice in 16 games. Then in the abbreviated season for the Canucks, he scored five times in, I think, 38 games. Yeah. So you put those... And then they bought him out. Right. So so you got seven goals in 54 games, and now, again, you're coming off another long offseason, and you're jumping into, again, a fold where we've talked about jobs are going to be at a premium. And, hey... You know, forget about the guys that are NHL guys. I mean, I don't know whether Jake Vertanen would be that far ahead of a guy like Jake Chason or some of these guys that we've been here are emerging prospects and, or, or a Noah Philp. I mean, that might, I, be the, not, that might be the best example because yeah. he might end up on right wing in the minors. Exactly. I, I, I'm not I'm not kidding here, Bob. I mean, I think the Oilers have a deep enough prospect pool yeah. where Vertanen has lost some ground here in terms of his NHL hopes. Now, he's being given an opportunity, and he may well, like Chason did, earn, Alex Chason, earn a greater opportunity but like the prospects and you and i have talked about trying to translate rookie camp to you know preseason camp jake has to start quickly if he's going to yep. land a spot on this year's club in other words for cannot afford you know a, a poor practice or two a lousy preseason game bob because he's going to be cut loose from that pto yeah and again i i think he's hard pressed to make the team by the way Derek yep. ryan did score 10 goals so the right. owners last year but you know what i mean he needs a quick start all, he four, needs to start on time there are four right wingers last year all had double digit goals two in the 20s and right. then, and and ryan kills penalties and is a a little bit different player. All right, let's uh, that's switch focus to this tournament and this event. Um, I think Dylan Holloway has been the best player here. Your thoughts? Well, I, I think, quite frankly, you'd hope that he'd be the, your best player. I mean, Dylan Holloway. Not, not just for Edmonton, the best player overall in the tournament here. I, I'd still say you'd hope he'd be your best player. I, I think, you know, Cole Perfetti, uh, showed some flashes last year for the Winnipeg Jets, cut short by a, a back injury. But I'm not so sure that Holloway shouldn't be further ahead uh, than Cole Perfetti at this stage of his development. And he's kind of proven, you know, where he sits amongst not only the Oiler prospects, as you rightfully point out, but this quartet of clubs that are gathered here, you know, out of, let's say, 100 players, I, I would hope Dylan Holloway would rank one or two, and I think he has. Now it's about starting anew at preseason camp and again getting off to a quick start you can't ease your way into a main camp if you're going to make an nhl roster bob and you're a borderline guy there is no such thing as easing your way in and then hoping to close strong in the second week no you'll have lost too much ground so for guys who truly want to make this year's edmonton oilers roster right out of the gate you cannot afford to have just a so-so preseason. Well, it's interesting because Ken Holland said, as you know, in orders now, Philip Broberg basically has to play his way off the team, and Dylan Holloway basically has to play his way on the team. I think it's tougher for a defenseman to shine in this tournament because of the frenetic, the frenetic nature of the, the, what happens on the ice. But I do think that Holloway's been helped that he's also been with Hamlin and Borgo. Those guys have had real good chemistry. 
Well, and they've played at both ends of the ice, Bob. Some of their most effective minutes have actually come in, in you know, in terms of forechecking and, and not even when they have the puck. The game winner, of course, in the opening game of this tournament against Winnipeg was created when Borgo checked Perfetti, and it led directly to the game-winning goal scored by Hamlin. They've moved the puck well. They've forechecked. They've been hard to play against. They've been hard for the opposition defense to break out the puck. I mean, when when I've seen the first two games, that line has made life miserable for some of these younger defensemen to try to break the puck out. Uh, so the the work on the forecheck is ultimately what, again, is going to earn them a spot on the NHL roster, Bob, because, as you know, you're not going to sit out on the perimeter and score a bunch of goals in the National no. Hockey League as a first-year player. You've got to get to the paint, and also you've got to turn pucks over. You've got to create offensive opportunities out of just playing hard on the forecheck the way a guy like Kyler Yamamoto does. The Bob Stoffer, Jack Michaels, live at the South Okanagan Events Center. Jack, who else has sort of caught your eye from uh, the Oilers' perspective? Well, you know, it's somewhat unfair because you talk to Tyler Wright before the tournament and he says, keep an eye on these guys. And then you kind of see what he's talking about in terms of Max Warner, uh, you know, a a late-round pick that maybe you don't really know much about entering the tournament, but he's come a long way in the last year. And when you start out with a tool set that includes a 6'3", 195-pound frame, well, that's a pretty good start. And your right shot who can move the puck and – you know, also the thing with Warner that I've been impressed with is he doesn't get out of position looking to make the big hit. He plays within himself. Uh, and, and, you know, and then there's James Hamblin. I mean, we've talked about that line a bit ad nauseum, both on this program and, and during some of our segments over on the team website. But when you look at Hamblin, you start seeing a guy who won't go away. It's sort of the same kind of thing that I think you first saw with Derek Ryan as he worked his way up the Carolina organization, just kept climbing the rungs of the ladder, so to speak. And Hamlin has done that. He had a 20-goal year in the American Hockey League. He's been a fixture uh, in terms of a constant presence at this year's tournament, which shouldn't be surprising. He's got that AHL experience. But for me, it's eye-popping when a guy goes from seven goals his first year to 21 his second-year pro it seems like he's getting better. It seems like he might be a guy like Derek Ryan who won't be denied in terms of eventually playing games in the NHL. He reminds me a bit of Colin Blackwell when I see him play. Like a guy like that, just because he's a little bit of a water bug there, and he has the uh, ability. Philp, for me, is an interesting guy as well. Noah Phelps had a lot of scoring opportunities. He does have size, which is important. He is a right shot. You know I love right shot defensemen and and, and uh, Carter Savoy had some good looks too in terms of his passing before he got hurt. I, yeah. I thought he had yeah. I thought he showed vision, Bob. And anytime you have vision, you think you you might have a guy who can play in the National Hockey League because one of the knocks, and I think you'll concur with me on this, on Jake Vertanen, you know, throughout his NHL career with Hockey Vancouver, sense. is that he didn't seem to see beyond yeah. where the puck was on his stick. Now, he did have some double-digit goal seasons, but he wasn't great at moving the puck. That's the one thing I liked about Savoy is I thought he saw the ice fairly well. All right, we're back in Penticton for this tournament. Uh, we've been at every one of them over the years. That's correct. Ken Holland, a bit of a driving force in terms of bringing this tournament back yeah. after a five-year hiatus. And uh, it's great being here. Do you have a specific favorite memory? Well, that's an interesting uh, – you know what? 
I'm going to say this, and it's not necessarily a memory, but it's a little nugget of information that I think people might be interested in. The Oilers are unbeaten in regulation in their last 14 games at this tournament, 12-0-2. And I remember on the bus ride home after, I think it was the 2013 group went 0-3, there was some talk on the bus, this will not happen again. We will make sure that we we field. Well, and the scouts collectively kind of made that pledge. This will not happen again. The Oilers, as an organization, will not field a club that's not going to be competitive at any event. And since then, the Oilers are 12-0-2 in this tournament. So it was interesting. And that goes back a couple of different administrations in nine years. But the Oilers are 12-0-2 since that pledge was so made. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a perspective on this. So that started in 2014. Dry Settle was the number one Correct. in 2014. In 2015, we came here, and McDavid, who got smoked by Jake Furtanen with a hit in his first shift on the ice, McDavid, Drysettle, and Darnell Nurse were here. So Nurse was here in 14 as well. So Drysettle and Nurse were here in 14. Yeah, Nurse was 13, 14, 15. 15. Yeah. And the 13 team, Jack, as you remember, there was no offense. It couldn't score. Other than they, Darnell Nurse, there weren't a ton of prospects. No, period. they had tough forwards. Yeah. That, they had four or five guys that could fight out of the minors. And, and hey, they had some misses. Like Mitch Moraz was a big swing and a miss there. Marco Waugh. Marco Waugh. You know, that was an analytics-driven pick at that time. I believe he was a second-round pick at 13 that was here. Yeah, late, uh, like 57th. Right. But you think, just I'm just going to throw this. So uh, in 2014, you had Leon and Darnell. In 2015, you had Connor Leon and Darnell. In 2016, yes, a pull, Yarby. In 2017, uh, we would have had Yamamoto. Yamamoto. So that's 14, 15, 16, 17. Those four years, we obviously weren't here in 18, weren't here in 19. And now this year, four number ones. Like the continuity that Edmonton's had, they've had their first-round picks at the draft. Nugent Hopkins, 11. Yeah. I mean, really, the only gap year, because Nurse was 13, the only gap year was Yakupov, and he didn't even play in this tournament. Well, so in terms of – Because it was Because it, it was lockout. Yeah. So – what you're really saying is you look at the last five or six tournaments and the Oilers' first-round picks have played here and then remained here. Yeah, and so it's and it's resulted in Edmonton having a little bit, I think, better teams. Now, Vancouver has an older team, a lot of 22-year-olds on their team, uh, a couple Swedes, not surprising. We've seen the Sedins around. and uh, It'll be an intriguing afternoon. Jack, thanks for coming by. It Always a pleasure. It was, it was good hanging out. And, and hey, You we, and I have uh, preseason game number two in Seattle we, next weekend. We do next have. Next Monday. There is one little bit of, I, I hate to bring this up. Oh, what did I do now? No, you had a tough day yesterday. That yeah. is, is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, there was a. for All he had to do was take a knee. The, I mean, they, all you have to do is take a knee. Why do you have to score? Uh, Why did Hunt run out of bounds? There was some wild things happened yesterday right in the National Football League. Three, a couple. Teams, I'm very upset. Teams came back. Why don't you explain what happened with your Cleveland ball? Browns became the first team in 2,230 games to lose when leading by 13 with under two minutes to go. The last team to lose under that circumstance, the Cleveland Browns in 2001. So, needless to say, when it comes to the NFL. I've had a hard luck life. There you go. First world problems. Special shout out. uh, Hey, on the uh, week. But thanks for bringing it up. The Chris Jones Bowl was played Friday night in Saskatchewan. The Edmonton Elks got the victory, and the Alberta Golden Bears built up a 33 to 8 lead at the half and ended up beating the. uh, My first dog, a beagle named Pep, died when I was eight. You want to bring that up too? No, that's okay. (laughs) Uh, Alberta.
Alberta 2-1 and one, takes on Saskatchewan 3-0. and oh, The Golden Bears hockey team split with the Huskies. The Edmonton Oil Kings get started this Friday night at Rogers Place against the Red Deer Rebels in WHL action. That's all off the top of my head. That's all the juice I got right now. Uh, I didn't even mention Dal- uh, Alabama covering the 50-plus points against Louisiana Monroe. That was a close game. They were a 50-point favorite, and they won by 56. Yes. And they should have covered my unofficial spread of 68, but they called off the dogs at the final couple minutes. Yes, they did. 